All right, welcome back everybody. I told you when we first sat down that this was gonna be uh, kind of kicking off 2021 with essentially a three-part conversation about understanding and listening to your body as we pursue all of our New Year's resolutions and just overall long-term health. The last episode that we did was about exercising around your menstrual cycle, and the next one will be about training through pain, which I hate to say was uh, Michelle's specialty for the better part of the time that I've known her. But today we'll be talking about habits. Uh, I just got finished listening to a podcast with Matt Frazier talking about his habits, and I found it interesting. I haven't talked to y'all about it yet, but he said that when he made the decision that he was going to the games in a year, that he broke it down literally daily in what he was going to work on, what he was going to change in order to make it to the game. So he took his 365-day pursuit and he broke it down into a daily win, which I thought was pretty cool. That was kind of his engineering background. But one of the biggest daily changes or habits that he put into place to make it to the games was he bought 10 of the same outfit so that he didn't have to make a decision on a given day about what clothes he was going to wear. So he said when he hooked up with Nike, he told him that he needed 10 of the same tops and sweatpants and 20 of the same shorts and underwear so that he didn't have to make any decisions about his clothes so that he could work on the other things. And that was one of the biggest changes to make it to the games. So, yeah, I, was, I thought I that was that. pretty cool. <laughs> he said he learned it from uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates said that he only had so much decision-making capacity in a day, and his apparel wasn't going to be one of them. So. Yeah, that was smart. Yeah. <laughs> smart. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. So I'm excited about this particular topic because uh, I think there's a lot that you can really get right when it comes to habits in your health. But there's also a lot of pitfalls um, that can really prevent you from reaching your health goals. And hopefully through this podcast, through all the content that we're putting out this month, you'll come out on the side of success. So if you're listening, just to give you some context, if you're not doing it with us, we have launched a month-long health challenge called Habit Better. NC Fit HQ originally pitched the idea to us, and I have to say that I'm glad that we took them up on it for a number of reasons that we're going to get into today. But I want to start with a quote that Ashley, you posted that says, people do not decide their future. They decide their habits, and it's their habits that decide their future. And that one really stuck with me. And uh, Matt said something in his podcast I was listening to. He said, there's only so much pain that you can endure for someone else. To go further, you have to realize what you can do for you, because if you can't do it for yourself, then you can't do it for anyone else. So those are two pretty big statements. And as we kick off the conversation, um, I guess first, Ash, Michelle, thanks for coming back on with me and doing this. I know y'all love it. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that quote. Um, but we always ask our clients to define their health why. And, you know, Frazier was talking about his why, and you have to do it for yourself. And we know that we nor our clients can really reach success if we don't know what the motivation is to actually try to take control of that health. So I'm curious, when it comes to you two and the energy that you invest in our members, what is your coaching why? Why do you put so much into yourselves to be better for us and our members? Um, my biggest why is just to be able to help people achieve things that they never thought they, uh, that they could do, they never thought possible. And uh, just basically to see that smile on, the, on their faces when they when they do achieve those goals. Right. My, my why as a coach for Rev5 um, is, is pretty simple also. It's that the class that I coach should be the best hour of their day. 
Um, I want them to gain something from the class that I coach, whether it's a PR for the day, or just confidence, or just simply making it to the class, showing up. Maybe that was a win for them for the day. But I want it to be a positive experience for them. So, um, yeah, I just want it to be the best hour of their day and then move on and then come back and do it again. And both of you, you know, you didn't begin wanting to be coaches or anything like that. And so you, you have built this credibility that we all know through, uh, like, constant education, constant certifications, um, perfecting your movements, getting better at, at everything that you can for yourself, which creates the credibility and has a direct impact on our members and the ways that you improve our members here. Um, and so I've really enjoyed watching the overlap between your personal habits and the way that you continue to better yourselves and how it bleeds over into the growth in the habits of our members here. And so that's, that's what we're talking about today, and that's why they are on here with me, uh, is to speak from a place of credibility in their own lives and their own investment, understanding their own why and how it can help you be better. So my first question is, why do you like a habit challenge instead of like New Year's resolutions or one of those 30-day diet challenges? I love the idea of the habit challenge, uh, mainly because it helps people focus on the actual day-to-day -day habits instead of an end goal. Um, I think the habits are the most important part of any goal or resolution, uh, and without the habits, the goal is basically impossible to reach. So you have to, um, or you know, it's impossible to reach, or even if you do reach it, it's not gonna be something that's sustainable. Um, you just have to fall in love with with the process, not just, you know, figure out a goal and just get to it uh, by any means possible. And then, you know, usually kind of go back to your old ways after you hit that goal. Um, so you have to actually enjoy doing those habits um, and just find the easiest way to, to include them in your day. Yeah, and what's important about this is that um, there's a lot more, there's more to life than just a, a diet challenge. There's more to life than just diet. So with a habit challenge, you're hitting other aspects of your life that you're wanting to change rather than just thinking about diet. Yeah, that's a big one. That, that is more than just the nutrition piece that w when we're talking about health. So that's, that's what I like about it too. I think this is a great approach to it. And through conversations and observations and literally fire hosing myself with a bunch of podcasts, I've come to realize that every successful person has a foundation of positive habits. Uh, whether we're talking about somebody like Tom Brady or Jen Hatmaker, which is uh, someone that a lot of our female listeners know really well, or even you know Barack Obama, I guarantee that their day is structured around positive habits. So what's the role of habits in nutrition? What's the role of habits in sports? And just what, what is the role of habits in our overall health? Um, I have to, I approach this more from the sports side because that's what I'm more familiar with. Um, for me, I knew I needed habits and to succeed, which was my ultimate goal, I needed sleep, fuel, motivation, recovery, and then I repeat that on a daily basis. So I always knew that in my mind and what I needed to do in those roles. 
and I never really had to think about it because they were they were I wrote them down they were there that I knew that that's what I needed to do and I did it and I definitely agree with Michelle on this point like you just have to decide what you want and just do the things that are necessary to, to get there um, if you don't really want it then you're not gonna make um, the effort for it, it's obviously not something that's super important to you, but if it is important to you and you do really want it, then you'll do whatever it takes to get it. All right, well, let's talk habits then. So a lot of our members, and us included, have put up what their habits are that they're doing for this challenge. Um, and it's been really cool to see what people are putting down for themselves. And I haven't seen really any that I look at and I'm like, okay, we need to maybe talk to this person you know I think there people have really done a good job of, of thinking through what they need for them to be successful um, I've, I've talked about every example I've always given when it comes to habits is about you teaching me to drink water before my coffee okay um, that was a really good starting habit for me instead of being so my habit one of my habits now is 100 ounces of water a day why, why would I have not been successful picking 100 ounces of water a day without that coffee pot one first? Um, well, like you mentioned, it's called habit stacking. So if you drink coffee every day, that's already a habit that you have. Um, so if you want to add a new habit or learn to do something new, then you stack a new habit with an old habit. Um, so that's like my number one go-to for water because I think it's important to start off your day with a glass of water before anything else so if you drink coffee or tea or whatever then you just you know set the water next to the coffee or tea and then you make sure you have that beforehand um, it's just the easiest way to do things just could, another example would be if you wanted to start doing some sort of mobility or uh, meditation in the evening to like wind down before bed, you could stack that habit with brushing your teeth before bed. And the size of the habit, um, if, if size is the right word, I think that's a key point. Um, so my grandmother's doing this challenge with us. I don't even know if I've told you all that. She has a treadmill and she walks five minutes on the treadmill every hour and she sends me a picture of it. And she didn't start off being like, I'm gonna walk an hour or I'm going to walk a mile or whatever. She's putting five minutes in on the treadmill. And I think the something that's uh, a consumable size. So my 100 ounces, if I'd have done this two months ago, I would never have completed it because I wasn't drinking 30 ounces. Mm -hmm. You know, So picking a habit that is something that, that it, you can take a bite of and, and chew it up and be successful with it is a big deal. Um, so what we're talking about with this one is kind of like a nutrition one. Um, like you mentioned, Michelle, there's more than just nutrition when it comes to habits and being successful. So what are other examples of habits that are maybe not nutrition-based? You mentioned mobility, um, mobility being a good one. What, what is something else that we should be mindful of outside of eating? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Um, any kind of self-care. Um, like I said, whether it be mobility or meditation or just simply five minutes or two minutes of deep breathing, um, sometimes just the stress of the day gets to you. Um, and if you stop what you're doing, if possible, and just close your eyes and breathe for two minutes um, or one minute, 
you know, set a, a timer on your watch or something or your phone and just breathe, um, that will make a huge difference in your day, even if you have to, you know, do it one or two or three times a day. Um, so starting small is, is always the best way to go. Maybe put your unplug a little bit. Put mm. your phone down. Yep. I, I think that would be a huge one for people, especially these days. Mm-hmm. Just just put that phone down for a while. And that was one of the ones I actually put for myself was after 8 p.m. I was going to turn devices off. Yeah. Um, and for me, that was one of the biggest things that I see through our members is sleep. You know, that's one of the biggest health obstacles is, is sleep. And so if I'm continuing with this device my mind's not shutting down, you know, everything. So um, I think that the devices in general is a big one, but then also the cutting it off and being able to unwind um, and go to sleep at some point, that's a big thing. And you mentioned the mindset one. Um, so I, I've talked to you a little bit about this. I, I see and have looked into some different apps for locking social media. Um, I've seen a couple different versions of it, but there's like a timer that allows you in for a while. And then there's others where you have to manually punch through the code to get into them as a way of kind of keeping yourself out of going down that spiral of like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, mm-hmm. um, which also there, there was quite a bit of research out there about comparison and self-image and, you know, um, self-esteem and all that other stuff because of all the time on so- social media. So a simple, instilling a simple habit of, trimming your time on social media, putting down that device could have huge benefit to you um, when you talk about your long-term health. And it gives you more time to do other more productive things. Uh, I guess if you want to go that way with it. <laughs> can't, I can't do it because I'm scrolling. Yeah, I can't do the dishes because I'm scrolling through social media right now. <laughs> um, so good habits are going to be... Um, tangible you know like consumable they are going to um, they're not going to add a lot of friction to your routine of your day um, so that you can be successful Uh, we're gonna we need to think about things other than just nutrition we need to think about you said mindset Mm -hmm. uh, sleep Uh, what am I missing is there anything anything else about it no I think those are great places to start okay so I think we've got a good grasp on what a good habit is, but when can even well-intended habits be bad? When can a habit be bad? Um, I guess if you let it consume you. Um, one example would be tracking macros. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it can tracking macros can be very beneficial, but it can also be very detrimental as well. Um, if you get too fixated on hitting certain numbers every day. Um, you know, rather than using just like hand portions and things like that. But if you let a habit consume you and it takes you away from doing other things that you love, um, then it could definitely be bad. I heard this week released on ESPN, um, and it was kind of in a a bragging kind of way, that Cam Newton sleeps from 11.30 p.m. until 4.30 a.m. because he's such a hard worker. And the first thing when I heard that, it was like, this is one of the biggest guys in the NFL. Surely there's a coach somewhere that's saying five hours of sleep with is not, not cutting it. You're going to fall apart at some point. This dude's having to read NFL defenses and be sharp enough to do that while monsters are chasing him, and he's sleeping five hours a night. 
and that stuck with me because of this. And it was like, look how hard I work. I only sleep five hours a night because I ain't got time to be asleep because I have to train and I have to do all this other stuff. And that was one of those that hit me of when, like, the pursuit of the habits and, and things like that can really become, you know, detrimental. I, I just I see that kind of thing being, like you said, being caught up in the uh, being absorbed by the habit, where it starts to really become an obstacle. Um, when we when we talk about habits, though. Um, and, and this came up in the podcast with Frazier, and I know, Michelle, you and I have talked about it a lot. Uh, are y'all familiar with 75 hard? Mm-hmm. So in the 75 hard, one of the, one of the requirements in that is that you're going to take a picture every day. <laughs> and he said, it, it matters not to me about the picture. He was like, but I guarantee almost none of you are going to finish this challenge because you don't have the discipline to, to do the things that are asked of you. And so... I think what I've heard you say in, um, from a sports standpoint and what I was listening to Frazier is I can outline habits all I want, but if I don't have the discipline to do them. Um, and so why is discipline important to be in, to, uh, ingraining a habit into a, an automatic state? You know, like how many times do I have to do it to be successful? What, what does it take from a discipline standpoint for my new habits to actually work for me? Um, discipline is important because motivation will eventually go away. You know, it's the new year, uh, the first week of the new year right now, so everybody has all this motivation to make changes, but that motivation will eventually go away, and what you're going to need after that is discipline. Um, It generally takes about 90 to 120 days, um, in my opinion, but also things that's I've read things like that before, you know, at least 90 days to create a new habit, and that's doing it every day for 90 days. Um, so you have to have that discipline to do it. All right, so let's say I'm successful. I'm, I've got my habits. They're the right habits. Um, I'm starting to hit them consistently. I've hit my 21 days or your 90 days, whichever one you want to say it is. <laughs> and you mentioned habit stacking. Okay, so this is, I'm at that point now. When, how, how many times do I need to do it? I've got that down. When should I be thinking about adding in a habit? Like, how important is habit stacking, or should I just stick with my habits and, and keep going? Um, it's okay to add a new habit when you've already got the one that you were working on ingrained in you like you don't even have to think about it anymore you just do it without any kind of alarm or having to do something else to remember to do that habit it's just you do it without without even thinking about it so it's become routine Mm -hmm. at that point the alarm thing that that was a big one for me I hadn't thought about that you know I'm thinking about numbers and how many times I need to be successful but I guess what you're saying is when it's complete muscle memory Mm -hmm. and and I hadn't thought about that part of it so Okay, I'm at that point, no alarms, I've got my habits. You've already told us that it's important to stack habits. Um, So what are some examples of successful habit stacking or appropriate habit stacking? Um, So one of my kind of go-tos for a habit stacking is 
somebody who likes to snack um, after dinner or can't not snack after dinner, um, I just basically say, well, after you eat dinner, brush your teeth. And you're going to be less likely to want to eat something after that. Mm. Um, and so if you have learned this habit of not having something after dinner, you know, without brushing your teeth. So like you have dinner and you're no longer brushing your teeth right after dinner, but you're also not eating a late night snack. Um, then you can add on a new habit. So that would be success in that, in learning that new habit. Yeah. Maybe then I've got time to sit and do my mobility <laughs> since I'm not snacking or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, I was, I've heard a lot of people say that they wanted to listen to more podcasts but they just can't find the time to do it. Um, and so an example that I've heard given was you're washing dishes, you got 15 minutes or whatever, so listen to a podcast while you're washing dishes or while you're driving. You know, listen to it then because you're already doing it and it's it's just a natural thing. There's no obstacle. But it's important to understand that you could stack inappropriately too. I, like a simple example is I want to read more, so I'm going to read while I'm driving. You know, uh, that's, not a, that's not a good That's not a good stack. Um, or if the habit that you stack on, it, it violates what we said originally about being a good habit. If I'm going to layer in a new habit, but the layer that I'm adding is so huge that it causes friction in my day, it's going to cause me to probably not even be successful in that new habit, but may impact the old one that I was doing as well. Right. So, you know, habit stacking is very appropriate, and it's kind of like it's kind of like leveling up. You start small. You win small, you win small again, and then maybe it's time to win a little bit bigger. But like she said, after it becomes muscle memory. Um, anytime we talk about habit stacking, I, I can't help but relate it to the concept of the white belt mentality. And at the very beginning, I was talking about how both of them are constantly improving themselves, constantly learning. Um, and, and this concept of the white belt mentality. Uh, I first learned about it in the book I borrowed from Adam called Mastery. And if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend that. It was great. But it ends with this concept of mastery. Then it came up in our ProDev course with NC Fit. And again, I just constantly think about you two when, when I'm talking about it and hearing about it. The premise around the white belt mentality is it basically keeps you humble and keeps you thinking as a novice if you view yourself as a white belt. You approach tasks in smaller, simpler strategies, which lead to quicker progress. Um, and that should sound very familiar because that's essentially what we're talking about here with habits and habit stacking. But that white belt mentality is a great tool for somebody who's been uh, maybe living for a while with solid, positive habits and is looking to uh, mix things up a little bit or maybe feels like they're getting comfortable or complacent. Um, an example uh, Jason Kalipa gave us on one of the calls a couple weeks ago was that he started jujitsu after winning the CrossFit Games because he realized that he needed to switch his mindset back to being a student because he was approaching every workout and everything in his life like a champion and he didn't like being complacent like that. And what happened was it ended up improving his daily workouts and made him a better coach because he understood again what it was like to learn something new and to have to focus on the basic steps. Um, so and he said, he said when we were talking, he was like, if you, ever, uh, if you ever think that you've got it all figured out, go try to learn a new skill. Go try to learn to play the guitar. Go try to learn whatever. You might be able to do it, but you're not going to do it the first time around. And it's good to remember that you can constantly learn from somebody else. So 
What is an example of something where you've had that white belt mentality and how do you think it's impacted you? Um, for me, um, everyone knows that I've always just been on the front side of, on the gym floor, just being a coach. All right, so um, a while ago, um, I had, it was moving basically to the other side of the gym floor, not, not just coaching. Um, I now do coaches scheduling, I enter programming for classes. Um, that all was new for me, actually sitting down with a computer and actually doing something. So not comfortable for me. Um, you know, as, so that's an example. That was a little stressful for me at first. I've gotten used to it, um, but that was something that was a little white belt for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then also coming up, I've got to renew my level, level one. I'll go for a level two. So again, I'm going to be I'm a little nervous about that. So I'm going to step in and uh, try to up my game a little bit <laughs> and get that level two coming up in a month or so. I think that's funny that that's what you identified because I was just talking the other day about how I feel like you really have transitioned from not only just being an amazing athlete, but like actually really owning that head coach role. And I feel like the gym has seen um, benefit from that too. But So I think it's cool that you so. identified that. I hope so. And that's, you know, I've, I've always identified as being the athlete. Mm -hmm. And I've never used my other tools. So it, it, it's been good for me. It's been good for me. Ash, what about you? Um, so for me, most, most recently, um, deciding to get my certified personal training certification instead of going to get my CrossFit level two. Um, you know, I've, I've been a, a coach and my experience is on the, more of the coaching the whole person, the, you know, the movements, the, the mental side of coaching, that's always been kind of my thing. Um, I was a business major in college, so I never had to take uh, a science and more specifically an anatomy class in college. Um, so when I went to uh, go sign up for the personal trainer certification, I knew that there would be a ton of anatomy included in that. And it really kind of scared me because I'd never really had to learn about it before. But uh, going through that, I definitely felt like a beginner, like almost like I had never even coached before. Um, just kind of, uh, you know, my knowledge of the inner workings of the body just hadn't been there over the years. I'd, I'd been kind of self-taught just with learning stuff online and through social media, how the, how the body moved, but actually going through the, the CPT course and, and learning more about like muscles and joints and tendons and why the body moves the way it does and you know what could be wrong when, when things aren't moving as they should or people are having pains. That was, that was new for me and that was hard to learn and I wasn't sure I was going to pass the exam. <laughs> so, uh, just because of all the anatomy. The other stuff was like second nature but there was a, a lot of um, anatomy on the test so that was kind of nerve-wracking. And totally relevant to the topic at hand, how did you approach and end up succeeding with learning the anatomy? Um, so one morning I was talking to uh, Dr. Ben Parker and I asked him when he was in school, 
what he did um, to help him learn you know the muscles and things like that because that was that was the majority of, of what I was having to learn was all the muscles in the body and he told me that he got a coloring book um, of, of the muscles of the body so uh, he told me what book and I got it and I used it and I, I definitely say it helped um, I don't know that I don't think I probably used it enough to like make it all ingrained like I don't know all of them um, but it definitely helped me learn um, as I was coloring because basically if you're doing something creative like coloring um, it's opening up the frontal cortex of your brain um, and that helps you to learn better so that was a kind of cool thing to learn too um, that if you're doing something creative so like you mentioned like playing a, um, a new instrument or something it kind of opens your your mind to learn new things easier uh, so the coloring book was definitely a, a good tip from Dr. Parker. See, it's that mindset of being willing to learn and understanding what it's like to continue to learn, I think has a lot of relation to your habits, your discipline, your habits, and stacking in your habits. Because if I'm like, well, I've, I've got my habits and I'm good, then I'm never going to be thinking about pursuing any more or learning from other people about which ones to add in or how I need to add them in. And I think we've pretty well established that whether you're starting a health journey or adding in new layers to a, a solid foundation, habits are the way to go. Um, and that's, I think that's why it's really important that we've done this challenge and that this challenge is the perfect tool to kickstart things for anybody who's listening. So I guess let's just lay it out for them, the, the challenge. What are the steps for anybody who wants to participate? What if they're late to the game? Um, what do we need from them to participate in this challenge? Uh, basically, just let us know you want to do it. Um, we can send you, or you can come by and pick up the forms or the sheet of paper. It's just one sheet of paper, super easy to do. It's never too late to start. I mean, you know, we started at the beginning of this week, but you could start next week or, or the week after. It's never too, there's never a wrong time to start a new habit. That's exactly right. Never a wrong time to start a new habit. And the way the tracker works is it's 31 days, it's not just the month. It's got 31 spots on there for you to be able to track. So whenever you start, whether it's the first, the fourth, or next week, it's about getting in um, 31 days of trying to track those habits. And we just need you to post those pictures and tag us in it, and like that makes you eligible for the, the benefits, the discounts, and things like that. So that's the challenge. That's some information about habits. If you have any additional questions about habits or the Habit Better Challenge, don't hesitate to reach out to any of us. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, we'd love if you would consider sharing it and tagging us in it. And as you go through this first month of the new year, remember that there are so many opportunities to learn and improve. But one of those will also be in our next conversation about training with pain. So until then, habit better, live better, pursue control of your long-term health. Ladies, thank you again for hanging out with me and doing this. And thank you. Until the next one. <laughs>